0: What's up, everybody? We just did back to back episodes of the podcast and it was a blast. This one is brought to you by the real estate agent that everyone needs to know in the Bryan College Station, Texas, and surrounding areas, and that's Laura Lee Smith. If you're in the market to buy or sell a home in that area, please call or text her and see what she has to say, have a conversation with her. She's just an enjoyable human all the way around, and you won't be disappointed. She took care of us got us into our home, made the process enjoyable, and she'll do the same for you. But don't take my word for it. Call or text her at any time. Her number is 979-218-2315. That's 979-218-2315. Also, don't forget to go to Facebook and follow my friend Danny, who has started his own business, C5 Mobile RV Repair, on Facebook. You can friend him. You can send him messages. You can see what he's doing. He fixes your vacation on wheels, as I like to call it. Camper, RV, trailer, whatever you've got going on. If you got a food truck, he could probably take care of that too. I don't know. I'm speaking for Danny. But anyway, he's doing a great thing. He's branching out on his own and I love entrepreneurship and everything about it. So go support him friend's page whether you have one or not and say hi and say the podcast sent you. If you want to support the podcast monetarily, as always go to 95adventures.com and purchase some of the great coffee that we have on the website. It is we love coffee and that's why we started it as a promo to support the podcast that way, so basically it supports our po- coffee habit. Really? Everything goes towards uh building this thing up and making it work, so I really do appreciate you going over there and supporting it that way and If you want to support it for free, I can't say this enough, go and share, rate, review on social media, tag friends, blast it out there. It really helps raise it up on all the list of the podcast platforms, but also gets more ears and eyes on the show. So I really appreciate it, and thank you from the bottom of our hearts. Now this episode is with Jay Rudinger. He is a attorney, he is a pro wrestler, and he just has a lot of life stories about pursuing what you enjoy in life. Because whatever he's enjoyed, the older he gets, the more he does. And I really had a blast. We could have really kept going. I th- I feel like we just got warmed up by the end of this podcast. So stay tuned to the end. He's got some great advice uh, for anybody listening that is applicable all over life. So Please enjoy my friend and wrestler Jay Rudinger. There we go, live or recording live. Anyway, something like that. (laughs) All right, Jay. Um, Well, thanks for doing this. Certainly, man. This This is fun. This is be fun. Really awesome. I guess we should start with a cheers. 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 (laughs) (laughs) Good bit of uh, radio silence there while we both took a drink. (laughs) Um, I guess take go back to the beginning and like you're an attorney now and family and live in College Station. But before that, you were in the construction business, right, with your dad?
1: Yeah, oil and gas. Yep. Yep. Yeah, and, I I did uh, oil and gas for for a couple years. Uh, my parents started their own company and they started that in 1984 right at the bottom of the oil and gas industry so not the best time in the world to start a company there but made it through the first swoon and, and rode it out the other side so they've been doing that for years I went to Texas A&M with the plan that I too was going to be working a oil field construction gig on the, once I got out the other side so I, I graduated from A&M with industrial distribution degree and Uh, had somebody hire me there and was working for for my folks company kind of helping out as my dad had some some health issues and kind of picking up the reins here and there and and doing what I could to help keep things moving for a couple three years Uh, but then I had always had an inkling I took a business law class when I was in college and it was something that really kind of piqued my interest it was probably one of my favorite classes all through through college and just looking at the the intricacies of how something's worded and how you can uh, get th- a word that says this can let you do this, but that if you put a one more modifier in there, suddenly you're doing something totally different. And I remember having arguments with people about what said what, and, and I loved it. I could argue; <laughs> I knew I'd be wrong, and I would argue just to have an argument. Um, Perfect material. Exactly. I mean, it was it was it was great because it was an opportunity, and, and I do it today, and, and my wife hates it. <laughs> is I will we'll get into an argument and I'll take side A and she'll take side B, and I'll win the argument with A, and then I'll switch to side B, and she'll be on side A and I'll win the argument with side B, and, and by the time it's over, she's just I'm done, I'm I'm, I'm I quit, and it's no fun. And when they don't when they don't want to play, but I, I really love the the arguing side of it. So when I got out of A uh, and I just I thought give it a give it a shot, give it a go and see. And you have to take the LSAT when you get out, and everybody in our classes was taking the GMAT or the MCAT or the LSAT, something like that, that they were looking for moving forward in their education, and I uh, signed up to take the LSAT, and I took it um, the day after I got back from my honeymoon, and uh, the score reflected as much. <laughs> so, How
0: much studying went into it before the
1: honeymoon? Uh, well, None. And I took, I took the the study material books in our suitcases on our trip, sealed in plastic because I was sure that I have some time to study somewhere. And they came back sealed in plastic, and I just sold them back to the bookstore, returned them to the bookstore, uh, unused. Got a refund on it because <laughs> clearly it didn't help. Um. So I, I at my first foray into law school, I applied, and, and a couple schools said hey that's that's real cool we're, we're glad you want to go to law school but maybe another law school is more your speed so I I just kind of put it on the back burner and got my nose down and started working at the shop and doing what I could do there so I was doing all of our, our purchasing and, and uh, payable stuff but it just kept kind of nagging at me in the back of my brain that this was out there and, and I'd always enjoyed doing it and wasn't I wasn't enjoying what I was doing, but you're you're looking down the barrel of forty years of grinding, and it wasn't something that made me get out of bed every morning excited to. to you can see your
0: future, a little like, bit, like see the guys that work there and everybody that's around, and you just you can see what you're going to be in forty it, years. Exactly.
1: Well, and it was it was real easy for me because it was my dad. You know, I I saw my dad had been running this company for going on twenty years, and and now they're into thirty years, and they're pushing towards a fortieth year, and you could see, and and it was it wasn't a bad thing. It just wasn't something that moved the needle that I was super excited about jumping into and getting after it. Uh, so I started thinking about it, and uh, my dad kind of pushed me that direction because um, he didn't. He never wanted me to come work for the company. That really, da- dad,
0: your dad never wanted you to be like take over the family business type of thing.
1: Absolutely, uh, complete opposite. It's it's kind of the the, the generational thing where you always, you kind of want your kid to do something, you know, better than, than you did and and so on and so forth. Yeah. And I think that was kind of the, and it's, I'm the same way. I'm, you know, I'm, I know my kids can go make millions and they're brilliant and they're going to do better than I do. That's, that's it. So I think it was kind of that. So after about two and a half years, he was back on his feet and he came in and basically said, you, you got two months and then I'm going to fire you. <laughs> And That's so awesome. um, not not for for performance, just because it's time for you to go find what you're going to do with the rest of your life. So I kind of taken it back a little bit. We we realized okay, well if I'm ever going to do it, I'm getting to 25, 26, 27 when it's kind of hard to immediately hook a 90 into a career path. So.
0: Was Jamie doing anything at this time?
1: She was working as a... She graduated a year after I did at A&M. We got married 11 days after she walked across the stage. That was the deal. Her dad... I proposed to her end of my year, and her dad told me I pick up the bills whenever we say I do, and that included tuition. So that kind of set our target date of after she graduated because I wasn't, I wasn't picking up tuition. Um, so we got married. She was working as a human resources director for a medical billing company. And other than it being something that I tossed around, law school wasn't really even on the horizon. So we're two, we're double income. We're living life, getting our first house, we're rocking and rolling, you know, high on the hog. And then I'm going to try to go to law school and not get paid and take on debt. It's kind of a a fun conversation to have, but luckily I'm pretty good at, at winning an argument, so <laughs> <laughs> here we are. <laughs> well,
0: I mean, Jamie seems super supportive of that sort of thing anyway. Oh, yeah. You and, know, like, it's kind of a path you want to go down, like, let's rock and roll.
1: Sure, and and I think she realized, you know, it was something that I wanted to do, even if it was, even if I went through three years of law school. And didn't get a degree or didn't get a job at a law firm or anything like that, but used my degree for something, it was going to be beneficial for us down the, the road. And it was something that I was wanting to do. And, and she's very much a, if you want it, go get it. And that's, you know, it's, and we had the, luckily at that point, we had the means to do it. So, um, I applied to, uh, two schools in Houston, U of H in South Texas and South Texas, Wrote me back within a couple weeks and said, You want to start in January instead of the following fall? And I said, Let's rock and roll. So I went, I, on about September, beginning of September, middle of September, I applied and within three months I was I was in law school.
0: Oh, that's awesome. So, so and I guess you're what, 28?
1: Uh, at that point I would have been out for three years. So I was probably about 25, 26. Yeah. 26.
0: How many people go to law school at that like that age, or go in later in life? Um, I feel like that's something that takes so much schooling that people just go directly into
1: it. I would say, it, surprisingly, it's probably only about half and half. Um, but most most schools, and at least that was my at South Texas, and South Texas is uh, very much considered kind of a it's a a lot of its draws. It does a lot of night classes. Mm-hmm. So people can have a career and go to law school and do them both at the same time. And it takes you instead of three years, five years going through night school, but you can knock it out while you're earning your, your regular nine to five. So in our class, we probably were about half and half of folks that had been out of college and then we're going in and folks that came straight through. Um, I never would have done nearly as well as I did in law school if I hadn't worked. Uh, my work ethic in college, uh, well, non-existent would be a, a solid word, um, but I'd like to think there was something there. I mean, I, I got really good at James Bond and uh, uh, Halo, but other than that, so I, I couldn't have taken that same mentality I had in college and, and gone to law school and, and done very well, uh, just because it's a totally different environment.
0: So it really helped you being around all the oil field people, moving the big equipment around, and because like, that's, a, that's a hustle, man. That's a grind and...
1: Oh yeah. I mean, we were, I learned how to weld in the shop. I was, you know, we did all sorts of wherever you needed. I'm driving parts around. I'm, I'm whatever you needed. We were, we were getting down and doing. Um, but you were, you hit the ground at eight o'clock and you, you went until the day was done. If it was, if we're busy, we're doing seven to six and you're just blowing and going when you're doing school and you have four hours worth of class and two and a half hours worth of homework suddenly you're done at 3.30. You're like, oh, and that's easy. Yeah, this is, a, this is a piece of cake. I don't know why, why did I have such a problem with having <laughs> to go to class when I was in college when you look at it that way. So, I mean, it, it if you treated it like a job, which is kind of what I was doing because Jamie was getting up and she was going to her job and doing her stuff, so I'd get up when she did and go down to school early and, and do my reading and stuff for the next couple of days and just really try to keep on top of it. And it kind of created a, a situation and a... a uh, way that, and with some guys that I studied with, we just, you know, we just went after it. And we, cause all of us were, we hadn't come straight through through college. We'd all worked for a while. This was, I think you also realized when you got older that if you went straight through college, you were still in school, you were having a good time. You were having fun. You were waiting to become an adult. We were all adults. We'd already lived yeah. <laughs> a hard nine to five, eight to five, whatever it was job. This this wasn't school and fun. This was an opportunity for us to get a, a, a bigger meal ticket at the end of it for our families. The pressure is there. I, exactly. It yeah. wasn't just us. We 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 were married, or you know, we had one of the one of our guys had his daughter during our first set of finals. I mean, it was there was there was something there. And and you're late. You're late to the party. These these kids can they still they got three four years on you when you get out into the real world. So. You're you're having to show them why they need to hire an older guy that's coming out as a one L. Granted, it's only four or five years, but why this guy is a first year lawyer that you want to hire at thirty, than going and getting the kid who's twenty four or twenty five.
0: Do you think it helps you being in the business too, talking to people and being around so many people and doing like whether it's practicing your arguing, arguing or just doing business with people? Uh, once you became a lawyer,
1: I think so. I mean, it was. Really, doing being a lawyer, is there's no secrets to it. We, we look up what the law is, we read what it says, and we give you an idea of this is what we think will happen based on your facts. It's nothing different than a guy who's quoting a landscape job, who comes to your yard, looks at it, sees what you want, goes back, runs his numbers, and says, hey, here's what I think it's going to cost you, here you go. Now, our... Scenarios have generally a little bit more oomph to them than grass in your backyard, but it's it's the same kind of thing. We're just selling services to folks, uh, so you you have to be personable. You have to be able to relate to people, and I also think that having worked out in the real world, you realize what real world dollars are, and when a company's spending money on legal services or anything else, they want something back. When you've never had that experience in life. You don't know what it's like to have somebody charge you $5,000, you know, when we're working on it and somebody charge you $5,000 for a steel headache rack and it comes back and it's just a piece of crap. Now, I paid five grand for what? Yeah. <laughs> and you're fighting with the guy and you, you get to the end of it and you're getting somebody else to try to fix it and you're solving the problem and you're just just pissed off that you got gouged by this guy for five grand. You, you realize that that happens everywhere, so... When it comes time later, you, you're not wanting to charge somebody for work you're not doing. You don't want to charge them and do a shoddy job on it. So I think it just kind of gives you a little bit more um, experience or, or, or a chance to see it from the other side for what we're doing doing on our and side. And then
0: clients keep you word of mouth spreads up that you're a good attorney and so on and so forth.
1: That's, that's the hope.
0: So you graduate and become an attorney. Yep. And you don't
1: have kids yet. Nope. Nope, we're still we're still double income and blowing and going, um, and I started at a firm called Lock Lord uh, down in Houston, and it's a big firm. We have we had two hundred and some odd attorneys in our Houston office, so it was a, a big old place, five six floors on a big skyscraper in downtown Houston. So it was uh, it was went straight to the big leagues from rookie ball. It was quite eye opening. We I just had an interview the other day with a a prospective employee for our firm and he asked what's the one thing that you would tell somebody who's just getting out into the field from law school and I said that you're as dumb as you feel. <laughs> you don't know. I mean it's 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 terrible, but it's you you law school rarely teaches you how to be a lawyer.
0: Well, how how do you know? Like I just had this conversation yesterday. Uh, and you only like you only truly gain your knowledge once you start applying it and you get the experience like once you get experience that's when you really figure out that's when you really learn
1: oh yeah and and that's what you realize I mean I, I told the kid that I remember the first day I get to my office and I'm excited I get there and I sit down and I'm like I don't know what to do <laughs> yeah, I've never true. I've never done it I don't know how to check the email here I if they told me to do anything in the email, I don't know how to do it. Write discovery requests. Okay. I know what those are from my law school book. I don't know how to write them. I've never had to write them before. You know, it's a... Once you kind of realize law school is there to get you to pass the bar, and there are courses that teach you practical application as you go, but it's yeah. designed to get you through the bar. And, and when you realize that the bar is just a giant exercise in legal malpractice... Because you would never actually have a client sit down across from you, tell you the story, and you tell them the exact answer without, without looking it up. <laughs> because that would be committing malpractice. <laughs> Once you kind of realize that that's all that those three years are for, is just to get you over that hump to show that you are a critical thinker, you are able to do this kind of job, now go out and do it. And you just, you learn on the fly. You know, the first assignment that comes in, I need you to draft a motion for summary judgment on an easement. Great, here's the case. Here's the file. Go after it. Perfect. Get on Google. What is an easement? And I'm and and you just start really start at the basics and and work your way through it. And you know when you're done with that, I know what that is now. I can file that away in the memory. Now let's get on to the next thing. And you just start building that that knowledge base and building that experience. And um, you know I don't. There's not a week that goes by that somebody doesn't ask a question that I I have no idea what the answer is. But I'll I'll go look it up. I I know where to find it. That's that's part of what I've been trained to do. I can go find you the answer. Give me some time and I'll get it taken care of or I'll give you an opinion on it. Just sit tight.
0: <laughs> I think like problem solving seems like one of the big things of the attorney like to be a good attorney is uh, you can always kind of figure it out, and make it happen.
1: In, in some form or fashion. Yes. You know, there's there's always rarely are you going to find a situation where you, you see no outs. The outs might not be great. Your options might not be fantastic and it might, you know, you you might be, you know, spitting into the wind at times, but there's always something out there and you can, you can fight and you can claw and you can, you know, stand up for your client and, and try to get them what they need to. Uh, I'm a, you know, there, we have a, a joke at the office. There's some people that are glasses half full Summer glass is half empty I'm a there's no glass kind of guy it's just everything sucks so <laughs> everything you know sucks. everything sucks it's so I'm I find the worst case scenario and that's what I'm gonna think that's that's what I'm working towards because that's what's gonna happen huh. and it it helps because every contingency I've thought of as we got as we go through each step of how things are going to go sideways how we're going to fall off the rails what's going to happen here how this is going to happen so when it actually comes through we've thought about all these pitfalls that we've run across and potholes that we've hit because i was i knew they were coming because that's just my mentality uh my boss is is much more optimistic So he's, he's always ready to go right in, right in. This is, this will work the first time. And I just, that's never going to work. This is going to happen or this is going to happen or this is going to happen. Just wait. <laughs> and then we'll figure out answers to those. So when one of those happens, if it happens, we got it all figured out. So um, it is, it does create a bit of a <laughs> pessimism <laughs> that comes with it, <laughs> but, but it's uh it's a healthy pessimism if that's, Something well, I mean, it's, it,
0: I mean it, it sounds more or less of pessimism than are, that are proactive. Like, you're starting at the bottom, like, what can, what can what is my worst case scenario? Okay, now what's the next step to not get that? Okay, so that's a win. It's still bad. And then, what's that? You know, you build, like, layers upon layers upon layers. And so, it's like, you know how to... It seems like you would, you're preparing yourself to know how to react if this guy pulls this stunt because you would pull that stunt if... You were on the other side.
1: And that's, and that's true. That's a good way of putting it. I think it is. It's a, maybe pessimism isn't the right word, but a uh, just preparation of planning out every false step. It's the the Dr. Strange idea of seeing all the, the various outcomes and seeing which one you want it to land on. <laughs> yeah. Not claiming a special power or anything like that, but something like that.
0: Yeah, And honesty is so important. Like uh, <clears throat> in a case that we had with our food service stuff, I mean, we're, you're given all this false hope by some people. And then when the bottom drops out and something that you didn't expect happens, happens, then it's like, oh, it's a huge letdown, you know? Yeah. And so like, to be honest with somebody and to tell them what the actual, like, this is what could happen in this situation, then you feel more prepared and comfort as a
1: client. Sure. Well, and I think we're, I think if I don't do that, I'm doing a major disservice to somebody Um, because we're... You know, it's the 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 ability to practice law isn't a right; it's a privilege. You know, we're we're it's a, a privilege for us to be able to do that and serve people. And it it was something for me that I've really enjoyed here working with the firm and college station. Is I get to take on smaller businesses, individuals, and you get to represent them in an arena. And they're smart people. They're they're really bright. They're professors. They're business owners. That if I was to go into their arena, I'd want them representing me because I don't know anything about it. That I have the honor of representing them in an arena that they know nothing about. And they don't know anything that's coming. They don't know any of the the tricks or the the tips or anything like that. They The court system to many people is just what they've seen on Law & Order or what they saw on a movie like My Cousin Vinny. So that's really all they've ever experienced.
0: My parents love that movie.
1: It is, it is by far the, the most accurate legal movie that i think i've ever seen really yeah that's hilarious <laughs>
0: that's so funny
1: we we had we covered that in a class regarding cross-examination and how to handle witnesses was we, really we just watched that for a week in law school that's
0: <sighs> hilarious my Vinny is used in a class yep. in law school
1: yep it, it's it is by far one of the most accurate movies you can find for that oh, kind of stuff
0: that's awesome <laughs> but
1: um, it gives you a chance to just represent these folks and and it's the trust they put in you is it it's it's a uh, it's kind of sobering at times
0: yeah i imagine so i imagine you get to see a wide variety of things and stories and hear people's you know their ups and their downs like what they're
1: well you know. n- no one likes to call a lawyer You know, people when people walk into my office, it's they're never happy to see me.
0: Unless I'm like, Hey, I wanna start this business. I need you to help me out. Exactly. That's
1: not my and that's not the kind of stuff I do. So (laughs) usually when when somebody's seeing me, it's probably one of the worst five days of their life at that point in time. Just because you've gotten sued or you're about to get sued or you're gonna have to sue somebody to get a lot of money. And you know it's gonna be expensive because everybody knows it's expensive. So it's just it's generally not a fun experience when you're having to go meet with your lawyer it's like going to the dentist no one likes going to the dentist but you got to do it
0: yeah (laughs) so this you work for this big firm and i know you had told me before like that big you know in our conversation like that big firm was cutthroat it is real backstabbing cutthroat like like you would imagine, like you would kind of see on TV with you know people snaking stuff away from people and wanting to make themselves look good to jump up the ladder and you name it.
1: It can be. I know uh, Lock Lord, the guys I worked with there, they were they were most of them great guys. What you end up having is you just have an environment that it's it, you you kill or be killed. I was about to say and, kill or
0: be killed is like the perfect yeah. terminology for
1: it. And and it's and it's not even in a you know, and at any point, if you ever get trucked by somebody, you almost say, no problem. I get it.
0: You understand the game when you're going
1: into yeah. it. Yeah. Um, I, I, I realized pretty early on, um, I just, it wasn't a, you know, I, I liked, I, re, I really liked the people I worked with, had, got along with a lot of them. Just the, the grind and that, that, that lifestyle and what I, what I wanted for my lifestyle wasn't going to be a, a great match. Um, it was a a location deal. It was partially family deal, um, but it just wasn't going to be a a long-term solution. So what, what prompted the
0: move to college station?
1: We had, um, really what ended up happening when we had Cortland, so our oldest son, and he was two going on to three. And one of my one of my goals that I had said from early early on in life, pre probably into college, um, when I grew up, I didn't grow up in the age of AAU and select baseball and all that stuff. Oh, you yeah. just did YMCA. Right. You did YMCA <laughs> basketball in the spring. You did soccer in the spring. You did basketball in the summer. You do baseball in the fall. You do football and basketball again. And I think you just that's good cycle. for it. I, I love that's
0: it. really good for kids. There's a there's a part of that that's missing. And one of my good friends had a kid that he actually plays college ball now, baseball, and they wanted to play select ball year round. And he was like, "No, you need to do basketball. You need to get into some other things because you're going to get burned out. You're, you're going to think injuries are going to happen. It's too much." Of, yep. At a too young of an age, you haven't experienced anything yet. And he was right. You know, his dad's right. He became a better player at his sport because he got into all the different stuff.
1: 100%. I've known two or three friends whose kids did select ball, and they were phenomenal baseball players. And by the time they got to college, they didn't want to touch a baseball. They were so tired of baseball, it had dominated their life from day one. And really talented players that could have gone and done something that just have zero... Zero interest in the sport. And and you hear guys like Jimbo talking about, if you guys don't play multiple sports, he marks that as a, as a negative on their stuff because a well-rounded athlete is what you're looking for at anything. So, But anyway, I was doing all these different sports with the Y, and my dad coached every one of them. It was basketball. He was out there. Soccer, he was an assistant. Doing baseball, he was out there every time. And I remember that, that to me, those are some of my fondest father son moments was doing practices and and the whole nine yards. So I always, I was going to coach if I had boys or girls, I was going to coach their teams. That's just what I'm going to, going to do. It was, it meant a lot to me when my dad did it for me, I'm going to make sure I do it for them. And I was seeing that that wasn't going to be an option. And as, as, trivial as it is or small as it seems I'm I'm seeing guys that can't do that and I was like that's he's 3 we're getting close to that I need to find a solution before that becomes a problem Again, I don't want to have to choose yeah I don't want to choose future. this yeah so we and Jamie was pregnant with Chance so we we thought about it and and prayed about it and decided you know we we met on a got together we did dinner on a sunday night after after we had church and um uh, sat down i said so have you gotten any in- indicator as to how you, how you feel and she said well I'm, I'm i'm getting that we need that you need to find a new and she and she quit working at this point she was a stay-at-home mom she said we need to find i think you need to find a new a new spot and i said i'm getting the same same message same vibe so i said i'll get up i'll get tomorrow morning i'll dust off the resume and we'll start applying we were living out near tomball so I'm driving 90 minutes to the office each direction. And it was, I mean, that, that kind of windshield time will just, it'll kill you. It'll kill you. <laughs> it will, man. And, it will. Um, and 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 that goes kind of into the calculus of that that same deal. Guys that live downtown that could run across the street or go five minutes to get into the office is a totally different ball game.
0: Yeah, but then they're working more and they're also, they can't make it to the baseball fields. Yeah, e- exactly. Yeah, everybody else, that's rush hour traffic, you mm-hmm. know, by the time they're getting done in houston there's yep. no way
1: yep so i was i was decided fine we'll, we'll see what we can do i got up monday morning was driving to the office about 7 30 i got a phone call from a buddy of mine from that i'd known in law school and we'd worked at locked together and about a year and a half before that he'd moved up to to college station to the firm up here and he called me out of the blue sent me a text and said do you have a minute to talk and i said <laughs> I'm in rush hour. What do you think? So he <laughs> immediately calls me back and said, they're looking to hire a litigator at the firm up here. And I know that you at one point talked about coming to college station. Have, would you have any desire in trying to find something new? I mean, this is, you know, less than 12 hours after we decided I'm going to try to find something new. I said, hmm. as a matter of fact, I just, I just started looking like, five minutes ago and he said oh okay well why don't you send me your resume and I'll, I'll hand it in to these guys perfect that sounds like a, an awesome idea so he passes the resume along and don't hear anything for a while and I'm starting to look for areas up near Tomball and, and different folks out there that I might be able to find a, a gig and I hear back from from these guys and they want me to come up and meet one of the one of the partners and just sit down and talk and they like the resume so, I went up and met with them, and um, our plan with, with Chance coming was I wasn't anything I was going to do was going to be it probably after the first of the year because Chance was due end of September. Have, didn't want to move while we have her eight to nine months pregnant and didn't want to move with a one month old. So, that gave us a, a good target. So, I met with him and we talked about things and hit off real well. At the end, he goes, Well, you know one of the hard things, I just don't know if we'll be able to hire you before January. So, well, I mean, I'm sure we can negotiate a little bit of something to keep my my options open that long.
0: As a good lawyer
1: would do. (laughs) Exactly. If you find an opening, you use it. (laughs) So talked with them and they said, well, we'll get back to you. We'll be in touch. And within a week we had... Uh, Jamie had chance, and that was a, uh, that was an ordeal in and of itself, which even just further kind of solidified my desire to make sure I have family first, you know, job second.
0: Yeah, a lot of complications.
1: Yeah, lots of complications. Um, She was, at, at one point, was, I think, technically dead in surgery they had a heart rate but it was under 10 or 5 or some ridiculous number and but for her being an absolute hoss and in great shape from running marathons who knows what would have happened but man that's uh, um. made it through so you know praise god and came out the other side had two healthy boys um so, got word from them, and, and they called me, I guess, about a week and a half after that and said, so sorry, we haven't gotten back to you. Things have been busy. I said, same here. <laughs> <laughs> We've been busy trying to survive, yeah, literally. Literally. And um, they they had a job and a spot up here. So, we'd always dreamed of coming back to College Station. Uh, friends ours always said that all Aggies leave a little bit of their heart in College Station, but only the uh chosen few get to go back and pick it back up again. So we got to we got to come back up here to college station. So And
0: then much slower pace as far as the attorney stuff goes. Oh yeah.
1: Um, still got to do a lot of the same type of work. Um, and and frankly for me it was something that I was I, I liked because it was more what I envisioned when I went to law school. I, we had no I didn't know a lawyer. I I had never met a lawyer more than high, <laughs> passing down in, in church or something like that. So basically, all I ever knew about lawyering was my cousin Vinny and, and Law and Order. So I always had wanted to be a litigator. Um, didn't really want to do criminal law because that just seemed kind of kind of seedy. Um, and family law ended up falling off the list because that just that seemed tough. I, I talked to enough people that were family law lawyers on their fourth and fifth wives that I realized that maybe, maybe the work comes home with you a little bit too much. (laughs) That's ironic. That's like super ironic. I know. And, and it's, and I can see having, we have folks in our office that do family law and I could see that if you were trying to do it as a, as on your own without a lot of support, how that could, you, you could internalize and personalize a lot of what's going on in these cases. They're terrible. I mean, they're, Oh, yeah. A lot of them just are no fun.
0: I can... All, like, nobody's happy with each other. No. And the things that are done to the other people is just horrible. You know, most cases, just
1: yeah. unreal. It's just not... No No one's a winner in, in those cases. You're
0: not seeing, like, sunshine and rainbows at any point. You All you're getting is 100% bummer.
1: Yeah, yeah. And everyone... Th- there's zero objectivity in it. Everyone has their own view of what happened and... By God, that's what happened. You know, that, that's from family laws where we always get, there's three sides to every story, his, hers, and the truth. And <laughs> and that's, you see that in every, almost every case. This is what happened. No, this is what happened. Well, what happened is somewhere in the middle. We know that. <laughs> Let's just try to figure out what it was. But, so I'd ruled, ruled those out. And I wanted to do litigation because I, I was an arguer. It just, it worked. Um, transactional guys, the guys that do real estate deals, I just, I don't. Don't get it. Everybody wins. Everybody gets along. They sing kumbaya and stuff down there. Not enough arguing. Not you. at all. There's, <laughs> to me, life is a giant scoreboard. We're all just playing for the point.
0: You know what? I can see that <laughs> in your kids too. Your kids have the same exact mentality. They're like they want to win at everything. Mm-hmm. Like every, they look at it and they give it their one hundred percent. But they are competitive. Too competitive dudes at right everything.
1: There. Yes. Like who who can drink their water the fastest? <laughs> who can, who can run to the bathroom and pee the fastest? I mean it, it's it, every step of the way. There's a winner and a loser, mm-hmm. and we're gonna find out who it is. In the last instance, it's our bathroom. Uh, but the so I, everything to me was a scoreboard. So I'm, I'm I, I just I my buddy Brian that helped me get up here. His he does transactional work, and I tell I'm I tell him that all the time. I just. You guys work on a deal until everybody wins, and that just doesn't that's not real life. Not everybody wins. You can't. There is always someone that has to be a loser and there's a winner. So I always wanted to do litigation. And I thought, you know, the perfect folks would be my my parents, their kind of company. You know, folks that started a small business and it's doing really well, or they have have a hiccup, or they got a problem that's coming up, or they need some more help. And when I was at Lock, it was doing a lot more with with bigger companies. You're working for the the shells and the BPs and and those kind of folks, and not that you know the stuff they're doing isn't big time. I mean theirs is on totally th- different though. It's m- millions and billions of dollars.
0: It means way more to a small business when it when there's a bump in the road than it does to a Exxon or a BP. Exactly. I mean that's just the truth of it. it mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, I mean, and that's that's and to me, my my impact. <clears throat> I could feel my impact a lot more helping the cabinet maker who has a fight with the homeowner, and the cabinet maker is living hand to mouth and looking at a hundred thousand dollar lawsuit coming in. Going, I don't, I don't know what this says. It's gonna put him out of business. Yeah, I, what does this mean? I mean, this this sounds like a foreign language. What I'm reading. So help me, <laughs> and and to be able to take that person and, and walk them through it and help them out as best you can and get as as good a resolution as you can. Is, is really what I, I envisioned being a lawyer, and, and part of that's coming, growing up in Tomball, it's a small town.
0: But a sense of purpose it gives you a yeah, sense of 100%. purpose, like you're you're actually doing some good, at helping people one way or the other.
1: hundred percent. And yeah. and that was so that that's part of the reason I think I've really really settled in up here is that I mean we're still you're still blowing and going eight to five, eight to six, working working long hours still. Um, the drive is a whole lot shorter than ninety minutes. <laughs>
0: yes, it is.
1: And and it's it creates a and the firm as an atmosphere. You know, I, I coach t ball. T ball practice starts at five thirty. There's the door at five o'clock. If you're gonna don't be late because we'll be pissed because we sponsored the team. We don't want the team to lose. So <laughs> go. So I mean, it was there's there's very much a a family feel that. You take care of you know, you get your work done when you need to get it done and, and you, you have your leeway to do what you need to do outside of that.
0: I like it. So then now you've got you've got this long attorney job, you had the complications, um all the you know, you've got two kids. Do you need another one?
1: Mm-hmm.
0: All right. You got the two you know, two kids now growing up, uh, they're going everywhere. Yep. They've got all sorts of stuff going on, sports and all that, and you decide that How old are you?
1: I am 39 in two weeks. So we're the same age.
0: Yeah. So we're 39, and you're like, I think I want to be a pro wrestler.
1: <laughs> yeah, I mean, isn't that pretty standard? <laughs> I mean, I think that's you know, most people. That's,
0: that's it. I, you know what? Attorney's
1: <laughs> fun, but what's flying off the ropes? Exactly, exactly. <laughs> <clears throat> now, it was, um, I have been a wrestling fan since I can remember. Um, watching Hogan slam Andre the Giant at WrestleMania 3 is one of those indelible memories. I will never be able to forget where you were when when this happened kind of thing. So I've, I've been a fan forever. Um, I was way too small for a long time to be able to actually even think about Getting into wrestling, I, you were I, too small. I was, I, I was a very, I was very much a late bloomer size wise.
0: When did you? Because for everybody listening, they can't see him. You're what, six nine? Yeah, six nine. And like,
1: you're a big fellow. I'll say six eight. Everybody anybody who listens to this, are going to get upset. I'm just over <laughs> six eight, but I got to set it at six eight. Everybody else will get upset if it's, you stick it at six I, nine. I, I, when you get that call to me <laughs>
0: at five nine. That's bi- that, it. Doesn't matter. Five, six, nine, seven foot, whatever. It's all the same. Yeah. You're way taller
1: than I am. So I'm six eight and, and about two hundred and eighty pounds, two hundred seventy five pounds.
0: And not like a fat 280, 80, well, 70 you. pounds. Thank yeah,
1: you. yeah. You look good. <laughs> so I was when I graduated high school. I was ju- I was just over six feet tall and one hundred and fifty six pounds. So all of it came in college. My, in eighteen months, my freshman and sophomore year, I grew about a foot. Uh, I grew about eight inches and put on about 110 pounds. Uh. So it was... <laughs>
0: what's, the, what's, the, what's your wardrobe situation like? Poor.
1: I wore shorts. Starting in about November of my freshman year, I just wore shorts because I was... The jeans were... I went and bought new jeans at one point and then within... Four weeks they were they were high waters. That's and insane. Four so weeks. Did was, you know
0: what was going on? Were you like, dude? I'm growing.
1: Yeah. Everything hurt. I mean, I woke up every morning just every joint ached. My back hurt. Everything. I mean, it was. I I played as much basketball as I could just to try to stay loose, just to move joints around because they would get so bound up at night, and then consuming food became a passion more than a hobby <laughs> at times. So, I was my, my folks had bought me the the meal plan down at the cafeteria and I I ate enough Salisbury steak and meatloaf that I was like I got to we got to branch out cuz this is awful food. And so I was I lived on campus so I could hit the Subway on either side of campus pretty easily or the McDonald's on either side of campus pretty easily. So, I was doing in hindsight, I still can't believe it. I would eat three foot longs for a dinner, or for dinner, yeah, like just for one meal, yeah. And and then I was eating four or five quarter pounder meals in one sitting for a for a dinner or a lunch. Um, one of the claims to fame, we went to CC's, and we had them actually give them our give our money back, and and ask us to just leave and stop eating the pizza. <laughs>
0: <laughs> you won.
1: Yeah, we did. We, we called that a victory. You that definitely won. They came back and handed us each eight dollars and fifty cents for the seven ninety nine buffet and said, "Please, just don't come back."
0: <laughs> Dang, they had to be watching you just sit there and eat.
1: Oh, uh, we probably. I, if I was to guess, we'd probably polished fifteen to sixteen pizzas at that point oh, in time. Jeez, please. So it was. It was fun. It was. Uh, it was a learning experience. <laughs> Lots of, lots of fun. My my mom. I was going through so much money. My mom's pretty sure I was either buying alcohol or drugs because I was <laughs> they didn't buying notice, food like, left, right, and center. They didn't
0: notice when they saw you, but your dad's a big guy. Yeah, and like well, and that tall. was yeah.
1: He's he was he was about six seven, so it wasn't. They they do that thing where they measure you at like six months and eighteen months or something like that, and de- determining on what that is, they give you this nice broad six inch range of you're going to be between here and here in height i was supposed to be between six six and seven feet so i was always just irate because i was i was five ten in fifth grade sixth grade so i was the tallest kid and then like grew everybody just blew past me. and then you stopped yeah yeah
0: and then you shot up again
1: yeah i was very much an extremes kind of grower apparently so, I mean, I went to try out for basketball with my freshman year, and the coach is like, You're a point guard. I'm like, No, I'm I'm a center. It was not at 5'11. I'm like, well, yeah, <laughs> I can't dribble. I've never had the dribble in my life. I always just stood under the basket. <laughs> well, if not for me, you're not. And I said, Well, then I'm just going to save us all some time and go ahead and leave. <laughs> Let me see.
0: I'll, I'll see you in about four weeks. Yeah. Don't worry.
1: <laughs> well, I'll come back. Yeah, I'll come back. So, So, I was always a little bit on the small side to be able to do anything like I, I never played football I never did did any of that stuff because it was not not in my my size I was a beanpole when I was tall and then just never could put any weight on so it was we were you know massive backyard wrestlers so off the trampoline flying elbows left right and center but that was about the extent of it and then backed my way into a, a setup up here where a buddy knew a guy who knew the guy that that owns the, the lions pride sports and i met with him and one thing led to the next and i can add professional wrestler to the resume now <laughs> <laughs> it's so cool i i'm I, and i've told you this already that i'm not a fan
0: like i've never been a fan of wrestling i'm a fan of the I'm more of a fan of the talking before. Then the actual wrestling comes on. I don't care about it. Like, I know that's fake. I'm real big into mixed martial arts. I love the fighting stuff, the real thing. Been to set, like, plenty of those real fights. I love that. But the fake stuff, I'm like, <laughs> there's no, like, I can't stand it. I don't like it. Like, I, but I love the Ric Flairs of the world and the Hulk Hogan's and the Macho Man's, where the, you know, the talking and the antics is is fun to mm-hmm. watch. Sure. And then. Uh, I'm volunteering at that camp up in Dallas and your opening show like you debut here in College Station and I drive back to make your debut and Kim's already there and I get there and my daughter knows every single one of the like backstories before every wrestler comes out I'm like how do you know all this I sit down in this crowd of people and you have fireworks for your outro and you have these videos that play on the screen beforehand, you know, interviews. And then I see the first match and I am so entertained. I know it's fake. I know it is. like, But watching it in person and the stunts and being able to play along with the play, like, I think that's that's part of it. Like, I'm laughing because I know I, I'm not vested in whether one person wins or loses, but I'm having fun, cheering for him. I had one of the best times. It was actually some of the most fun that I've had watching that wrestling match.
1: Yeah. It's a... And I'm going to... It's not fake. It's choreographed.
0: Chore- okay. Correct. I, gotta, I will I gotta, correct you on that
1: to the to the end. <laughs> I got to do...
0: I got to do... it. You are correct. By fake, I mean by outcome. It is choreographed. But you're really flying. The executioner. I had to say... For anybody who doesn't know, look up the Tex Executioner. This dude climbs up on the ropes, and he's he's a big guy, and he just flies and lands on people. Yep,
1: Super Tex. I think he's he's Super Tex. He's is lost. That his name? Yep, Super, Super Tex. Tex. I yeah. think he's he's lost some weight. He's down to about three fifty, I think now. Yeah, and he's so not he's, six nine. No, he is not six nine. <laughs> He's a, no offense, bit, he's a little bit. No offense to you, but nope, I mean nope, you were nope. really entertaining. <laughs> I will say that. Very, and
0: your athletic is all get
1: out. Oh, it's a. It is. It was. It was surprising, and, I, and it was one of those things. Kind of in the back of my head, I knew because you haven't watched it and seen it, and I've gone to events that the WWE puts on. I've gone to independent shows in Houston and and around the area, and those guys. I mean, they're they're athletes, and and the stuff they're doing. Is is athletic. I didn't realize how taxing that can be on you when you, until you start going through and you know laying yourself out onto two by twelves and bouncing and hoping you land right and that it doesn't hurt like you wouldn't believe. So it's it was it was eye opening the first couple times I went down there to train to see the you know the the realism side of it because I I even told told him when I got there I was like I don't need to. You don't need to put me on a show. I don't care if you don't want to. I get it. I'm 38 going on 39, and I'm probably not your target market for who you're looking to build into the next big star. Yeah, the
0: future's not there.
1: I'm not going anywhere. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, <you laughs> I'm going to wrestle for you, and if you can hook me up with a sweet gig at the VFW down in Cypress, Texas, where I watch wrestling for years so I can just walk in and get in that ring and be like, I used to watch me from right there. <laughs> That's all I needed. <laughs> And walk out. I'm fine. That's the. Those are the only yes. two things I could think I would actually ever do outside of, you know. I'm not heading to the WWE anytime soon. I'm not gonna start driving the circuit on the weekends to to well, find a gig. That's the rough part. Like, yeah.
0: The, what you were telling me that those guys do is insane. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, as hard as they work,
1: it's a it's, it's a grind. They, it's you, you know, the the folks that are doing it on the the shows like. Like Lion's Pride and and going to Texoma Wrestling and some of those others, you know it's it, it you can equate it almost to minor league baseball players. You know they aren't making the five million dollars. They're not making the ten million dollars. These guys are making you know between what their take home and their merchandise. They're hoping they can they can clear six seven eight hundred dollars a night and then move to the next spot and try to do that the next night and pay all their the own expenses. Yeah. They paid the gas money to drive there. They paid whatever food they got there. You know, maybe they can talk them into handing them a beer over the bar for a great show at the end of the night. Maybe, but that's about it. And you know that that's, you're, they're doing it for the love of doing the sport. You know, because they were huge fans back in the day. They loved wrestling just as much, and they want to see it. They want to see it grow. And you know, the hope is that you can find. A couple of those guys you know as as lion's pride does with their school and try to find a couple of those guys that you can launch off into stardom because they're out there you just got to find them
0: well lion's pride puts on an awesome show for everybody in those i mean i'll give a shout out to lion's pride they put on like a really good entertaining show it's high quality everything looks good it's put on like it's run smooth everything looks like it's all the details, the eyes are dotted, the T's are crossed, it's, all that stuff. It doesn't look sloppy at all. No,
1: I, I've I've seen a fair amount of independent wrestling shows, and I, I it's not a biased opinion, but I think they are the they're one of the best, if not the best, that I've ever seen put on. Um, you know, there's some schools down in Houston that are owned like Booker T's school that he has down in Houston that has a little has their kind of clout that they can do that kind of stuff, but the degree that that he goes to make sure that the shows are in top notch with three screens and the video packages and all the lights and all the sounds and all the each guy gets his own song coming out there's an entrance with a curtain with the whole nine, I mean the whole nine yards it's it's WWE light and you know I, I really think the wrestlers appreciate it because You know, I've I've talked to some of these guys that go to some of these shows and and they walk to the back and they show you a list of here's the 10 songs we have tonight. Which one do you want to come out to? And they go to the most senior guy who picks his and then they go to the next guy who picks his and they go to the next guy who picks his and if you're last, that's your song. Sorry, you're coming out to Madonna. (laughs) I mean, get some seniority, sucks to suck. And their entrance is a PVC pipe ring with a shower curtain on it and you move that to the side and you come walking out onto the gym floor and the boombox is over there playing your song. <laughs> and the two, the two lights are in the corner shining down and it, it looks rinky dink. And that, that's, that to me is when, when you, you kind of like these guys are doing it for the love and those shows. When they come, when you come to one of the lion's pride shows, the fans are into it because of that, that atmosphere the, you, you feel get like a into professional
0: it. like you feel like a oh, professional yeah. when when you're treated like you know you're like oh this is what i saw on tv because it it really is as close as you can get for setting up in just this small venue of seeing that and it, they do an incredible job
1: yeah and it's and and you you see it like some of the guys that come in they'll they'll pull out their big moves for the Lions Pride show because they know that the video is going to capture it right the camera folks walking around are going to get them good still photos of it. And it goes onto their promo cards because they know that it's going to look awesome because they have two cameras roaming around. They got the steady cam up at the top and they got one that's on the other side. So the footage of what you're doing is going to look really, really good. And that's, and you know, you see that in the video that they put out on YouTube of all the matches and stuff afterwards, their production values just through the roof.
0: So how does it feel at thirty eight though, thirty nine years old, training to become a wrestler? (laughs) Hurts. (laughs) You walk into the attorney's office and like, you guys like limping around or
1: achy. So far, I haven't. I've only I tweaked my back once, and uh, I I I think as as we've called it in the industry, I got my bell rung a couple times. Um, I've learned that it's not a concussion unless you go to the doctor. So. We just call it getting your bell rung when I'm you do at that. Zero two, <laughs> exactly, <okay>. exactly. <laughs> so uh, it's it's been it it was an interesting uh, conversation that I had with them before I started because I told them, you know, I've I got I've been working on getting a new client in, and I'm going to try to do work for this wrestling company. And they said, great. And I said, well, I'm also going to work for the wrestling company. They said, are you going you know, to like ring it out? I'm like, not not exactly. It's it's gonna be more hands-on, um, a role of a wrestler, and most of them were get after it. If the, any that were hesitant, were you know it's fake, right? <laughs> <laughs> like it's. I just wanted to make did sure you, you know this when you get into it. Did you that it's, them that oh yeah, did you I told them all. <laughs> it's not fake. It's choreographed. Um, but it was a. Uh, it, it's been it has been a challenge more so just, uh, I am 38. I got two kids, a wife active in our church, got two or three organizations I'm involved with here. Plus work finding the time Monday through Thursday at night to, to get into the gym and roll for two and a half hours is just hard to do at times. Um, so what I, I think we started off as, I'd be doing two nights a week, and I'd be blowing and going. I think we're we're having to adapt a little bit on how to how our our expectations are going to be set, but we're we're trying to find some more times to get in there so that I can learn how to do it because I've, I've I've just fallen in love with it. It is awesome. Uh, i I've always had a performer kind of bend. I don't mind being the center of somebody's attention. I don't mind being on the microphone. I don't mind having everybody's eyes on you. That's that's kind of when I start to thrive, and having that opportunity to do that in in the ring for something I've watched for years and years and idolized guys as have come and gone. It's just it's it's awesome.
0: Well, I'm, and it's got to feel pretty cool when people are chanting. I know we kind of talked about it a little <laughs> bit, but like they weren't necessarily chanting for you in the best of ways. Uh, at the end of that, I was actually. It was he was totally surprised coming out in his debut. Nobody knew he was coming out. <clears throat> and then I'm cheering for one guy, and all of a sudden he comes out. He's on the other side. So then I have to switch in the middle because here's here's my friend. Now I'm on this team over here. Which um, ended up winning. So we did. We yeah. did.
1: I mean, I I had a pretty big pretty big part in that. Yeah, you did. I don't want to brag, but uh, I mean, sorry, you're kind kid. of the
0: yeah. I mean, you're kind of the reason somebody else has the belt. That's that's, that's all the way. That's,
1: yeah, I... he can claim it all he wants to, but you know, if <laughs> and that's okay. There... That's okay. Look, he's the young buck. He's going to be the one that that's going to be. And 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 I will tell you, I, I truly believe that he's going to be on TV. You know, before before the next four or five years, he was years. quite an
0: entertainer. He is he was really quite good. an entertainer.
1: He is he is going to be a mega star. I think it's. I don't. I don't think that was that prediction from from the end of it was too far off. I think he's got all the qualities of being phenomenal if he wants to. Um, but it's, you know, it was a, I, I, I come in and, you know, getting to be a bad guy a is awesome because I, I, I told them they were concerned. Are you going to be okay being that a bad guy? And I said, it's easy. Cause I just, I say whatever I think instead of thinking about what I say before I say it. So, I have all those things already going. <laughs> I just am usually able to stop them before they come out. <laughs> now I can just go unfiltered and we're you fine. You can have fun. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And, uh, so getting to come out, jumping in the ring and trying to be this monster of a guy who's screaming and hollering and snarling and not smile while I'm doing it was really tough. Cause all I wanted to do was just be like, this is, this is the greatest, not the greatest day of my life. Sorry, Jamie. But it was, uh. It was at the end. I had a buddy ask me. He said, "What was that the greatest? One of the top five greatest days of your life?" I said, "It was getting married and my two kids, and then my wrestling debut." He (laughs) said, "In that order?" And I said, "I'm, I'm not going to rank them. I don't want to. I don't want to do a disservice to any of those four. So I'm just not going to (laughs) rank (laughs) them." To any of them,
0: you don't even insult all. Exactly.
1: I don't want to. I don't want to make one of those four. So we're just going to say they're all number one. But it was. uh, It was it was kind of surreal you know it was one of those things it's it, it's not like oh, I never saw that coming because you know the the Rudy side of the story of oh he never thought he'd make it onto the field for Notre Dame it wasn't ever that it was until July or June I never even had an idea that I'd ever be able to step into a ring so just the idea that I was there I, I told Jamie that the, the you know 12 year old Jay just was screaming inside like a little girl isn't that fun though <laughs> It was awesome. Isn't it fun to do it?
0: You know, uh, like, I I used, I used rollerbladed. I was big and, like, really big into that. And from, man, from 15 to 17, there wasn't a day. It didn't matter if it rained or not. I found a spot. I had them on. It was so much part of my, like, I lived it. I still watch videos to this day. Like, I've never stopped watching things and seeing things and just dorking out on this. So it's like the little kid in me that used to jump, like, BMX bikes and that skateboarded and did all that stuff. I picked it up after like 18 years and I get back on him. It's like, Oh, there he is. <laughs> there he is. There's a the guy that smiled and had fun and it falls and it hurts, but it's like, man, I love it. Mm-hmm. Like when you love something like that, it just makes all this, like, it's so enjoyable to get that little moment where you can go back and be like, I'm 12 year old Jay flying from the ropes. Exactly. Boom.
1: Exactly. Just to be able to go, you know, you know, kick somebody in the face and, and choke slam them on the mat. I know it sounds it sounds like just atrocious and terribly violent. But I mean just to be able to to have that moment and you know, and I I have to, you know, big hat tip to to the owner at Lions Pride for booking me in a spot in the biggest match his company's had in two years, in the biggest storyline that they've ever had. You know, there was there's somebody came up to me before the show and said there's making your debut then there's making your debut and then there's doing what you're doing <laughs> so I mean it was a it was it was quite a quite a deal to be able to be a part of that and, and able to tag along so Well
0: now you have a storyline all created exactly and so and the kit your kids loved it oh was yeah. sitting right behind them <laughs> and like, like I said one time I tapped him on the shoulder like both of them I went over to him and was trying to say hi they were laser beam focused at that stage because they didn't know when you were coming out they didn't know what the storyline was they didn't know any of that but they were they were like I'm gonna miss it if I turn away I know my eyes need to stay right here
1: yeah <laughs> yeah. they they are you know in our house I made wrestling is we, we get to watch wrestling you know they say some words we don't get to say in our house they understand that um, but it's they have they have loved it as much as i had and and to see you know the older one Cortland, getting to to watch it when i was watching it at his age you know we i they get to see it a whole lot more now just because of access to it you know we yeah, you i was trading vcr tapes and and trying to get you know highlights from memphis wrestling and tennessee wrestling and georgia wrestling and florida wrestling but it was a uh, you know it was it was a big deal to be able to watch it and then for them and one of the other things and I've I've told this story before but it's I was asking the boys just before I got started into it one day just one of those dumb dad questions that you ask your kids every now and then what do you want to be when you grow up just to see what they answered and uh, Cortland, was a kid after his own heart asked if he actually had to work. <laughs> I told him, Do I have to be something? I, yeah. I told him I didn't plan on making quite enough now to let him not have that problem. So he said, Well, whatever, I'll be a lawyer, I guess, and was resigned to that fact. And, and Chance was going to be a, oh, he's going to do body work um, on cars like his grandpa does. So I said, None of y'all want to be wrestlers? And they said, Dad, not, not just, no one can just want to be a wrestler and be a wrestler. You gotta be somebody to be a wrestler. And three days later, I'm talking to this guy on the phone about working for him and being a wrestler. So it was a, a good life teaching experience, if nothing else, for them. I was like, hey, there's no there's no limit to what you if you wanna do it and you wanna work after it, get after it. Uh, if you wanna, you know, be a get in the ring, go find somebody that'll that'll train you and get you in the ring. And we went Couple of weeks ago, up to the gym to work on on something for our coming match in December, and the boys wanted to come along with me. And we finished up our stuff, and I let them get in the ring. And they're doing flips off the top rope onto the crash pad, and they're doing you know big leg drops and belly flops and all this stuff on there, and just having the time of their life. I'm like, man, that would what I wouldn't have given at six or eight years old to be able to go in there and jump around a wrestling ring. And us, like you know, you get to 10, 11, 12 years old. You're, you're going to be in this gym learning how to wrestle with, with Coach Houston getting it getting it on so let's let's start fig- you know don't be scared of the top rope now I'm terrified getting up there that's super damn high <laughs> but uh, you know what you guys get up there now and figure it out it won't be nearly as scary when you get around to it <laughs> well I mean
0: the lesson that like really your whole life if you if you like listen to your story it's like whatever you've wanted to do you've kind of done mm-hmm. like whatever you've thought, like, hey, I want to be this, you've kind of just done that, and at least, especially when you got older, like, it's kind of funny that you did that when you got older, you're like, oh, I think I want to be a lawyer, you know, and then you're a lawyer, and then you want to have more time to spend with your kids and slow it down, well, then you go ahead and do that, and then you want to become a wrestler, well, I'm a wrestler, (laughs) you know what I mean, it's it's a lesson that I think a lot of kids can learn, that I hope, you know, our kids. No, is it no matter what stage you are in life, no matter what part, if you enjoy something and your heart's in it, pursue it, yeah, see
1: where it goes. Well, and that's it, kind of dovetails with you don't want to, you know, I didn't want to have regrets at any point. Um, there have been times in my life where I didn't do something, and 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 not just an event, but hey, you have an opportunity to do this, do you want to do it? I mean, nah. And then afterwards, like, man, that was stupid. Because what's the worst thing that could have happened? It could have flopped. Okay. I failed a lot of things in my life. That's going to happen. Um, but I'm not, I never have regretted taking an option at trying to do something. So uh, it, it's something that you don't, it's really hard kind of to wrap your head around. Um, if you're especially a type A personality, for me, it took me a while to figure it out because I don't like being bad at anything. Yeah. Um, it's just not you know i nobody I, does no
0: nobody really does I mean that's that's what that's the most of times what keeps people from pulling a trigger yeah is that they, they're they afraid of the failure of yep. like the embarrassment of what other people are going to think of this like it, and then once you do is you realize it's not that bad no not only is it not that bad I've actually it's funny you brought this up because I've been thinking about this actually a lot well I get a lot of windshield time way more than 90 minutes <laughs> um and so I get to think and inside my own thoughts and everything and I was like you know what? I've figured out that the older I get is that the more I say yes to things, the more I erase any regret that I had of saying no to something in the past. Like it erases it. It's like, okay, you can still say yes. No, just because you're older doesn't mean you can't have a little fun.
1: That's good. Yeah, I like that. And it's, and it's true. And I think people live their lives the opposite way is you, you had those crazy days when you were in your twenties. And then by the time you get to 30, it's time to start, you know, bringing in the the edges, you got to round off those edges and make sure you're in a safe place by the time you're 40, because then you get on to living life that you've made for yourself. And you know, not that I hate, I didn't like where my life is or didn't have a good time. I, you know, I'm I'm loving it right now. I'm 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 ten times happier today than I was ten years ago, and I'm ten times happier than that than I was in college. You know, it's I'm I'm in probably the best shape of my life. I'm having more fun doing what I'm getting to do in life. And it's just by kinda of just saying, let's let's do it. Let's see what happens. And you know, and you're gonna you're gonna suck at things. It's gonna happen. Yeah. And and you're gonna be bad at things that you end up being okay at. The first time you do it, it's gonna suck.
0: We're good. I tell it okay. <laughs> I've gotta tell you this story because this is how I got into the rollerblading stuff all together i rented them from a thing and i'm skating and with my buddy just rolling around and it's pretty fun but it's not it's not dirt jumping a bmx bike like this is i mean it's just rolling around It's but it's it's cool i can travel a long ways on these things and i see these kids carrying this wooden contraption with a metal rail on top of it like what are they doing they set it up in a mall parking lot and they start sliding down it and i was like well that looks awesome <laughs> I need to go check that out of this. They're going super fast. They're sliding down this thing. This looks fun. So I go over there, and the guy, one of the kids, ends up being like one of my best friends throughout childhood. He's like, hey, you just put your feet like this and then slide down. I'm like, okay, go try it. So I try it. I, my feet went straight up in the air because it was waxed like crazy, and I wasn't ready to slide that fast. It goes straight up. I go in the air, and I mean, I tailbone, the middle of the rail, wham, I slammed super hard. And I got up and I was like, this is what I want to do forever. I love this. I love what just happened. Like what just happened was amazing. It was that, fa- that failure was more of an impact on it than if I had just like nailed it the first time. It would have been like, oh, okay. Yeah. You know, it's kind of weird how that is, but that memory sticks out. I can even tell you that it was green with chip. It, they they painted it green. It was chipped off and it had three holes in the rail. That's how vividly I remember this. Wow. like This little p rail that was built, um, <laughs> and the moment, and the spot, and everything. So, like, it's sometimes the failure is actually the important part of the whole process. Oh yeah.
1: Well, and it drives you. I mean, if if you're if you're competitive by nature, you know, you fall off that rail you want to get back on that rail. I did it one time. Now I know what to expect. I'm not falling next time. Yeah. Or I'm going to do this the next time. Or I'm, you know, okay, I fell again, but now I've learned something else that I can do. And not as bad. Yeah, and I'm going to do it this way. And it's it's conquering that, that next hill and then just putting the next one up there. And what's the next one? And what's the next one? And what's the next one? So, I mean, like, to this day, and I get mocked and ridiculed when I go up there for the class all the time, I, for the life of me, cannot do a forward roll and stand up. <laughs> Physics and I just, we don't get along at that point. Too much point. speed going but down from not know. I don't know if there's not enough speed. I don't know if there's just not enough leverage. I don't know. I cannot roll forward and stand up to save my life. <laughs> but we get in there, and coach says, do the stupid forward rolls, and I'm going to do it, and I'm going to fall flat on my back trying to stand up and do it, but I'm going to keep doing it and i have stupid gym mats at home <laughs> and i'm forward rolling at the house trying to get better at my forward rolls as a 40 year old man <laughs> doing 5 year old gymnastics training <laughs> but oh, you know so that's i'm but i'm not i'm not giving up on doing a forward roll before this is all said and done i'm going to do a forward roll and stand up on it <laughs> that's awesome. but it's it's stuff like that that's just you know you have to I I think maturity where we start to avoid making saying yes to things once we do say yes maturity lets us take those failures with humility and less with anger I'm not happy that I'm doing it but I can't do a forward roll I get it it happens yes. <laughs> well, one of these days yeah. I will and and it's but it's not today so let's we'll, we'll work on something else we'll get there and it's, you know, whereas the younger me would have just been like, I'm out. I quit. This was stupid. People laughed. I'm out. <laughs> Where nowadays you just kind of roll with it. People laugh at you all the time. You just kind of got to get used to it. Do you ever try to teach your kids that same like to get a head
0: start on that idea?
1: Uh, a little bit. I'm I'm kind of hoping life lends a, a hand because it's hard. I mean, that's that's just a hard lesson to conceptualize is. for somebody. It is. It um, is. And we've we've had a, a, a and to me it's a it's one thing that I, I look back on now and I really appreciate a lot of things that my my mom and dad did and mom a lot especially was the learning moments. So they let me fail at things, knowing that the likelihood was I would fail. They didn't they didn't protect me with you know put me in a bubble and you get a trophy with everything and you get a medal and you you know it wasn't. I, I played baseball and I was. You know, I played one year. The last year I played, I was terrible at baseball. It was just awful. <laughs> and and I, I remember finishing that season. and I wanted to quit halfway through the season. And then Dad was like, You made a commitment to your teammates. You made a commitment to play. You're going to go play. And going through it and just hating it and just hating it. But now I remember, I, I go back to that and think about it and be like, You know, I'm, I'm really glad they made me finish that because I, I probably had more, learned more things character wise after I wanted to quit than before I wanted to quit because I still had to go back out there and still do it and it still sucks and I still suck and I'm still having to go out there and do it and it still sucks and I still suck but when it was done I was like you know I've, I completed something I I finished I was terrible at it but by God I got to the but end but you didn't quit and I got to the end yeah and I can say I played the you know boy pitch baseball boom dad I'm never doing that again I agree that was terrible <laughs> <laughs> I agree. You awful, <laughs> yeah, son. Yeah, we're never doing that again. You're right. Yeah, uh, we're, we're not making that mistake twice. So, but it was you know stuff like that that I think you you learn by trying things. So, like the, the boys had uh, they had their skateboards in the house yesterday, which is just a bad idea in general.
0: Oh uh, It's it yeah, but no. But yeah, I get it.
1: But they did. We had them on carpet, so at least that was that was less. And I walked around the corner at one point and. Cortland was trying to do a kick flip and he got the kick and the flip.
0: But the board went flying. The board went
1: flying and he just landed just smack that on hurt. his stomach and knocked all the wind out of him and he's trying to cry, but he can't because he can't breathe. And we're trying to get him calmed down. And after I was like, hey, you know, do you want to try it again? No, I don't want to try it again. Yeah, it's terrible. Like, you need to try it. I said, I know you don't want to do it right now. I said, but I want you to I want you to try that again. I said, You had you had everything right except just execution. It's hard also to do this with a straight face at times. Yeah, <laughs> I learned yeah. that as parenting oh, just 100%. in general. And I said, "But I want you to try it again because you'll you'll learn. You you learn something from this try and you're going to learn something from the next try." And then that little son of a gun, you know, says, "Oh, like like the guy that invented the light bulb that failed 80 times before he invented it?" How do you Yeah, something like that. Sure, yeah. Little smart ass. <laughs> and and I said yeah, it's same same kind of thing, you know. You and what did he say when he did that? Now I'm, I'm going to flex my intellectual muscles on my eight year old. You know, said so he said he learned 79 ways how to not do it before he figured out how to do it right. Crap, he bested me one more time. I was like, exactly. You've learned now one way not to do a kickflip. Let's try a different way. So today I get the call. that hey, the boys are in there working on their kickflip, and Cortland wants to tell you he thinks he landed it. <laughs> It's not a kickflip. We're, yeah. We're still I mean, working on what it, an actual kickflip is. <laughs> yeah,
0: but it's a, but but it's getting
1: back on that and writing, and not, they, they, exactly. they, then you don't create that fear of of falling in on that thing. Yeah, or and just fear yeah. of failure. You know, I don't want him to be afraid of doing something wrong. I don't want him to. I don't want my kids to feel that if they do something wrong. I'm going to think less of them, or I'm going to think, oh, what? A, you know, I can't believe y'all did that. That's just that's not something I ever want to have for them, and that's why. I'm glad to be able to do the wrestling thing now because they're getting to see me flop around. They're getting to see me, you know and at some point I'm and you know, I'm gonna lose I'm gonna lose a match. Yeah. And it's gonna happen. And they're like, Well, why would you do that? I'm like, well, that's that's what happens. Sometimes you win, some there's a winner and a loser. Unless you do transactional law. There's a winner and a loser. And sometimes you're the winner and sometimes you're the loser. So it's just life, boys. And so, I mean, it's, it's, there's some lessons that have come from, from doing this that I'm, I'm appreciating now that I can try to pass along to them at an early age, at least.
0: That's awesome, man. Well, let everybody know. Let, how can they find all your wrestling Productions
1: Sure. Um, lionsprideproductions.com is the website for the company. It'll have all our shows and stuff on there. Uh, our next event is going to be in Houston December 7th, which is Christmas with Krampus. I believe it's Xmas with Krampus. If you're googling it, um, by the Houston Zombie Walk, um, I will be portraying Krampus in our in our event. But we have a loaded card, so I'm I'm going to be fighting Santa Claus. Um, this just sounds amazing. It's going to be a it's a knockdown drag out. i I think I'm I'm probably just going to I I'm going to beat him. I mean, let's be honest. It's Santa, <laughs> he's a fat guy in a red coat, so he's not going to be that hard. <laughs> I, I'm just gonna run around, and I'm gonna—he'll be winded in like three minutes. Then, then it's all That's all she wrote. So, uh, I, I think I think Team Krampus is gonna come through on that one. But then December thirteenth at the gym in Bryan, you can look it up on there. It's uh, right behind Blackwater Draw, right down from the Ice House. Uh, we're doing a free show. So Friday night, free free wrestling, free boxing, part- partnering with the uh, I think it's the Bryan Boxing Club. Oh, that's cool. And doing a toy drive. Um, so look for stuff. I think bring in some toys and, and have a good time. We're going to donate them to some organizations here in town for Christmas stuff. So they do usually five boxing matches, five wrestling matches. Oh, wow. spread it's out. A good show. So two wrestling, two boxing, two wrestling, two boxing, wrestling, boxing, and knock it out in a couple, three hours. And it's a, it's a good time. So, and then watch We're we're just playing our stuff for the next year coming. So keep your eyes open.
0: There you go. watch out for lion's pride wrestling. Yeah. <laughs> All right, Jay, thank you very much. This Definitely, is awesome.
1: Man. It, was a, it was a great time. I had a
0: blast. What a fun episode that was with Jay. Thank you, Jay, for being on. Don't forget to go check him out at Lions Pride Wrestling. See where they're going to be next and follow them. Go to one of the shows and support the athletes. It's a lot of fun. You won't be disappointed. Uh, also, Donut Darling is everywhere. Check her calendar. Go see her, use code SPRINKLES50, and get a surprise discount on your order. If you follow the social media account, you'll figure out what that is. But tag her on Instagram, whatever it is, listen to her episode. Really appreciate that as well and appreciate what she has done. Um, don't forget about Danny C5 Mobile RV Repair, and Laura Lee Smith if you need a house or to sell a house. Thank you, everybody, for listening. Really appreciate it. Until the next one, see you later.